It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Relentless Daring Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Morgan, and here we are engaged in the relentless, daring pursuit of truth, justice, and American jackassery. Now, it's time we got pretty big episode uh portland is continuing to devolve into a giant crap hole of crappiness um looking at taking a look at more manufactured outrage over the border and we're also going to look at what happens when the elusive florida man tries to get involved in politics all this and more coming up on this episode of relentless daring So, as I said uh, here in the intro, uh, situations in Portland today decide they're going to take a greater, greater devolvement from where they already were. Um, so, there was a Him Too movement or a demonstration in uh, downtown Portland today, organized by conservative activist Haley Adams. Now, you know, truth, truth be told, I don't know a single thing about Haley Adams other than she's being, you know, demonstrated as a conservative. Uh, apparently, apparently, I'm guessing a firebrand. Uh, I guess she was behind a similar pro, uh, similar movement last year in Portland. But they were met by counter-protesters at, you know, from Rose City Antifa. Those wonderful, wonderful people who have done such things as block traffic, uh, smash cars that didn't want to go the way Antifa wanted them to go, so on and so forth. Just violent left-wing thugs. Or, as I like to call them, today's fascist black shirts. If you don't know history, you might want to go do some studying of Mussolini and how he came to power in Italy in the 1930s. Um, but um, a Quillette uh, editor, uh, Twitter, you can find, follow him on Twitter, at Mr. Andy No, NGO. He was out amongst the crowd during the counter protest. You know, he has you know, his GoPro on him, you know, out filming what's going on. And he got the ever loving crap beat out of him for being Andy No. Which, you know, I'm sure that, you know, none of the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people of Antifub would ever admit that they beat up a minority homosexual man who was simply reporting on what was going on. 
nor would any of them admit that they have doxxed him in the past or assaulted him while he was at the gym working out, any number of things. But, yeah, he was out in the crowd filming what's going on, and the crowd just turns on him. You see him just getting hit in the head. Uh, he get he got milkshaked a couple times, and if you're not sure what milkshaking is, that uh, comes from Europe, where some, where a protester thought it'd be funny to throw a milkshake on a member of the British Parliament as a f- manner of, I'm assuming in their mind, nonviolent protest. That's a milkshake. It's not going to hurt anyone. But some of these milkshakes uh, did have quick-drying cement in them, which, if you've ever worked around cement, you know that it can suck the water out of your skin, causing chemical burns. Um, But, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, he actually had to be taken to a hospital for evaluation. Uh, If you see the pictures of him, his face is all is beat up pretty bad and bloodied. And the cops did nothing. Granted, they are under an order from their wonderful, wonderful mayor, Mr. Ted Wheeler, who you can also find on Twitter, at Ted Wheeler. And they... Just stayed on the outskirts. Andy No knew they were there, and you know after his after he was attacked, he did go to the cops. You know he reported it, and you know, yeah, he had like I said, he has GoPro camera with him. It got stolen in the in all the ruckus, but the cops stood to the side and did nothing. You have a violent mob who is engaging in random acts of violence on people protesting their point of view, Uh, people who are reporters, cops, and the cops do nothing. What is even the point of having a police force in the city of Portland if they're not going to keep the peace? Are they not peace officers? What about their worthless mayor who defended the police actions when he said, I don't have the exact quote, but you know, he's sorry that the situation came, you know, devolved into violence. But, you know what, my police officers, they did the right thing. No, your police officers did not do the right thing. Because if they had done the right thing, they wouldn't be standing on the sidelines watching people engaging in nonviolent actions fall victim to violent actions. It, it's, I'm at a complete loss for words. And here I am, I'm trying to do a podcast, and 
not having words is kind of a big deal. But it goes on to a lot of the left-wing activism you've been seeing. Um, Carlos Maza, the person who got into a huge Twitter kerfuffle with uh, Steven Crowder, which you can follow Carlos. You can follow Carlos at Gay Wonk on Twitter. Uh, just even during the whole Steven Crowder fighting, he was advocating for milkshaking people you don't agree with. And seeing this happening on you know in Portland today, I, yeah, I may have flown the righteous indignation flag. And jumped on Twitter and you know tweeted about what the what's the point of Twitter having rules against calls for violence like this if Twitter is not going to enforce their rules because oh well they're on our side you know if they're calling for violence well they're not really doing anything wrong because they're going to punch a Nazi in the face. But, you know, when the, quote, Nazis, unquote, being punched in the face are journalists, is Twitter not being in compliant with, is not being compliant with the stifling of a free and fair press because some, some person from, insert, journalist, journalistic organization is doing a story and they're going to point out the flaws and blemishes on your side I mean it doesn't make any sense and it's and I'm sure Twitter will do an amazing job getting back to me in the next six to five never um because you know it, it it hurts the narrative that oh well we're just a platform we people are free to say whatever they want as long as they don't do x y and z well you have people doing x y and z you take people who are considered conservative they don't even have to be conservative they can just be considered conservative like alex jones for some unknown reason is considered a conservative because yeah what he likes donald trump <sighs> please but you know, they can deplatform somebody like alex jones laura loomer and and you know their line of uh personalities because they consider them dangerous. But when you have someone who is on their side of the political spectrum calling for the milkshaking of politicians and people you don't agree with, eh, well, you know, they could stay. They're fine. No, that's not fine. You're being a douche if you're doing that. And honestly, it, it, it's enough to make me just want to walk away from Twitter. I'm not going to. But they do inspire me. And it's funny because uh, 
you know, when you still go and you read about all these, like these demonstrations and, uh, they were going on, uh, a Fox news writer, this is, is, uh, Vandana Rambaran. If I mispronounced it, I apologize. You know, what she's writing about it, uh, for, this is, like I said, this is for foxnews.com. Quote, the demonstrations involved leftist groups and those such as the Proud Boys, a neo-fascist organization that admits only men and is notorious for street fights and the, and the Hem Too movement, a movement against false rape allegations organized by conservative activist Haley Adams, as well as counter-protesters such as the Rose City Antifa, end quote. I'm pretty sure Gavin McInnes would crap himself to hear his the group he's associated with, the Proud Boys, referred to as neo-fascist. The street fighters and brawling is pretty accurate, but I don't I don't know if I go out of the way call them neo-fascists. They're they're not trying to stifle speech and use violence to shut down opposing views. Now, if they are attacked, do they defend themselves and use violence? Yeah. But at the same time, I really don't know a whole lot about the Proud Boys other than what I have seen in the media. I really haven't gone through and researched them. But I do know a little about Gavin McInnes. And while he is a, you know, even to call him a firebrand is a bit of a misnomer, but he is a brawler. He is the guy who, you swing at him, he's going to swing back twice as hard. And, but at the same time, he is still a very, very principled person. And I don't think he would associate himself with a group that would be best described as neo-fascist. And if, as much as the anti-fascist people on an Antifa, as much as they want to lie to themselves, say, oh, we're not fascists, we're not fascists, we're just punching Nazis in the face. I mean, again, like I said, they are acting in a manner reminiscent of Mussolini's black shirt brigades who anytime someone would speak out against, would try making a political movement against Mussolini, the black shirts would show up and begin meeting violence out on those opposing Mussolini. But Antifa is anti-fascist. I know, I know, I know. It makes about as much sense as putting lipstick on a pig. But, I don't know. What you gonna do? I mean, I I hope and pray that all this wanting to engage in political violence, I want it to end. I don't want to see anyone on the left become a victim of violence from people on the right. I don't want the right becoming victims of violence from the left. 
or people in the middle attacking both sides because well you know you, you have enemies all around that means you you're less likely to miss but you know we're we're getting to that point where I'm worried that you know it's going to start showing up in DC and we're going to see Charles Sumner beaten with a cane in the well of the Senate. And heaven help us if we ever reach that point. Another big thing that's been rearing its ugly head this week has been um, going back to uh, more of the border wall and detaining children. Yay. And this all really flew back up into the into the uh, social fabric because employees of Wayfair threatened a walkout because how dare their CEO sign a contract with the federal government to send beds and office furnishings to detainment camps that house quote migrant children end quote and this has just been a huge mess um and a lot of people they're missing the forest through the trees um it's it's been bad on i've got into several people on facebook including make having the accusation made that i support caging children to which i responded if by caging children, you mean temporarily detaining them in a separate facility from adults so that way you can verify the adults they're traveling with are in fact their parents. So that way if they are a minor traveling to the United States by themselves with only the name of a sponsor and a phone number tucked into their pocket and holding them temporarily until you can vet the spon- vet the sponsor and make sure that they're not engaged in nefarious purposes involving that child. If they're an unaccompanied child who has nobody to come for them, nobody to sponsor them, and so they have to be held until they can be placed in a foster situation or deported back to their country of origin, then yes, yes, absolutely, I am for the caging of children. It's, uh, some other people you know, pointed out that you know, if they're being transported, being used as victims of human trafficking, and you're not caging them and just sending them on their way with whomever they came with or to... Whomever is supposed to be sponsoring them without doing a taking time to properly vet them, and that child then ends up in as a sex slave. Then, if you they are they must obviously be for raping children. If keeping children safe doesn't matter, I thought it was a bit of a stretch from the point I was making. But I don't think it makes it any less valid. But this has all got 
it's a huge dust up. Like I said the Wayfair thing happened. AOC put out pictures from where she had visited one of these facilities prior to her primary. And you know, then Alyssa Milano Cookies tried going into one of these facilities without doing the proper paperwork and request for a tour. And then she stomped her feet and threw a fit in a manner reminiscent of the little girl she played on Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger way back in the 1980s. And, you know, held a little mini press conference and she she sobbed and they they said I have to apply for a permit and it could be two weeks and in that two weeks oh my god they could cover up all of their crimes and misdeeds oh shut up no you look like an idiot but if you're expecting us to buy all the fake crocodile tears Alyssa I'm sorry you need to show that you've been consistent on this issue for the past what 20 years or more when the Flores agreement went into effect within Customs and Border Patrol because it, that, that's a policy that goes all the way back to Bill Clinton when they started getting more and more children that you know, we can't keep them in house, you know, in housing with adults because of the likelihood that these children could become victims of sexual attack. But we can't but we need a place to put them. That's what the Flores Agreement was about. It was about protecting children. And then now you have you know, the, the people from Wayfair walking out because, oh my God, our company is going to profit off the detainment of children and ripping them out of their parents' arms. Because, and we're doing it for the children. Wait, wait, what? You're saying that you're not going to go to work for your company, that they want a contract that would be giving beds and blankets to children, and you're doing this for the children. Huh. That sounds, I don't know, counterintuitive? I mean, I'm just a dumb grunt. Maybe I'm just grasping at $5 words because I don't know what they mean because all I learned how to do in the Army was walk around and shoot things. But I'm pretty sure counterintuitive is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, and things also flared up uh, this week because... There was a representative from one of these camps who was testifying in court 
on the government's position that yeah, children, ah, they don't need blankets or toothbrushes or soap or toothpaste. You know, all these things to engage in basic hygiene and to, you know, stay warm while sleeping in these facilities. And everyone's been freaking out in the media about, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is, this is a Trump policy. This is horrible. Yeah, it turns out that she was in charge of one of these facilities under President Obama. And it's just taken this long for this lawsuit in which, you know, she is testifying on behalf of the government to wind its way through the courts. But everyone is blaming the Trump administration. No one wants to accept the fact that as, you know, I'm going off old numbers here to keep bear in mind, but um, you know, looking at the the 2016 numbers and going even going back to fiscal year 2013, uh, you know, to fiscal year 2013, unaccompanied children, 38,759. Fiscal year 14, unaccompanied children, 68,541. That's an increase of 30,000. Huh, man. What happened in 2013 through 2014 that made 30,000 more kids want to come over the border? Oh, DACA happened. Oh, Barack Obama and his pen and a phone are going to create immigration policy out of whole cloth and not let the Congress do it as is their as is their duty to perform under the United States Constitution, not the president's. But I digress. But you look at uh, in fiscal year thirteen, it was still. It was less than 10% of all those coming across the border. Fiscal year 14 was over 10%. Um, let me pull out my handy-dandy calculator here. Let's see, 68, 541 divided by... Did you... Yeah, we'll round off 479,000. That seems like a good whole number. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous 14%. 14% of those coming across the border were unaccompanied minors. And even fiscal year 16 is still slightly over 10%. That is a fairly significant number. You know, uh, fiscal year 2016, you know, was still 59,000 kids by coming unaccompanied 
And if I had access to the numbers for 2017, 2018, I'm sure that number has gotten larger. But people just want to act like all of these kids who are who are being detained have been taken from their parents. No. These are again, these are, you know, kids who their parents sent them out ahead of them. These are kids whose parents paid a coyote to take them up here. These are kids who ran away from home. These could be adults who look really young, who don't have papers, claiming to be minors. I mean, we just... We just don't know. And I just saw a story the other day about uh, about a little girl who was uh, picked up as an unaccompanied... Picked up with... The, in the El Paso sector with someone claiming to be her father. And they did a medical exam on her. And she had been sexually assaulted multiple times. And turns out the father... Uh, yeah, they're uh, they're part of a pilot program for uh, quick result DNA testing. Turns out he was not the dad. Huh. But Tyler, no one would ever do that. Well, I guess they just proved that theory wrong, didn't they? Just like, oh, no straight man would ever go into the bathroom of the opposite gender to, so that maybe they can try to, you know, sneak a peek or, you know, do something illegal and immoral. No, that would never happen. Oh, wait, that's already happened too. Son of a buck. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to stop trusting people and only trust that only trust they're going to do the wrong thing at any given time. But there is good news. Yes. Our wonderful Congress may actually be engaging in a random act of bipartisanship. And if I had a wild applause hotkey on the computer, I'd be smacking it right now and getting people to cheer. Hold on a second. Yeah, that's about as good as you're going to get from me for right now. Um, let me pull up the story here. My phone is so slow. Aha. Uh, uh-huh. I, I just love, love the headline. Uh, so from Fox News, written by Chad Pergram, which, Chad, Mr. Pergram, sir, you have... Made my day with this story. Headline, quote, Senate makes House eat it in border funding fight as liberals fume at betrayal. End quote. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. Uh, The article goes on, quote, The musical stylings of Weird Al Yankovic rarely offer clarity about the state of legislation in Congress. But Weird Al's 1984 hit, Eat It, a parody on Michael Jackson's Beat It, 
was inadvertently invoked this past week to crystallize the conundrum facing House Democrats after Senate approved a crucial border spending bill, 84 to 8. End quote, damn. Uh, I don't know the last time I saw something that wasn't renaming a post office or emergency funding for a natural disaster pass with that kind of bipartisanship. But uh, the article goes on that the House had a already had a plan in place that offered zero for secure for security for the border. And Donald Trump was already on record as saying he is going to veto it when it gets to him. Which, you know, he's president. That's his prerogative. If he likes it, he'll sign it. If he doesn't like it, he'll grab the other pen and he'll sign in the other place. You know, effectively killing it. But, I mean, who invokes Weird Al in... A political story. I'm not saying it's wrong. I, that's part. That's, I, I'm just hung up on that one. You know, almost hearing eat it, eat it. If it gets ho- cold, reheat it. Have a banana, have a whole bunch. It doesn't matter what you had for lunch. Just eat it, eat it, eat it. That's not exactly what you want going through your readers' minds as they're going through your article. Hmm. But I digress. But yeah, um, but no, the they said the Democrats had a bill that Donald Trump already said he was going to veto. The Senate came up with their own appropriations bill that obviously had a lot more give and take than what the House Democrats were willing to give up, because an eighty-four to eight uh, passage. If you're a Speaker of the House, which this is what Nancy Pelosi did, it, my bill will not make it past the Senate. If it, for some reason, were to make it past the Senate, it's going to get vetoed anyways. So now we have a bill in hand from the Senate that is filibuster-proof. Not There is not one person in... You know, see what ninety-two people voted in the Senate, so that leaves you know the the sixteen votes potentially for to oppose it. So they're they they do not have the votes to filibuster and keep it from leaving the Senate. But so you know Nancy, you know, Aunt Nancy's hands are tied. What does she do? So more than likely, she's she's going to have to come up with uh, a closer to the Senate bill uh, piece of legislation and pass it. That way, you know, it it can go into the. Uh, reconciliation process and they can make the bills match and re-vote on a unified bill and send to the president. But yeah, 
That's been one of my chief complaints about what's been going on at the border is that if these conditions that these kids are in are so bad, why isn't Congress, especially the liberal Democrat-controlled House, signing, you know, passing legislation that at the very least, you know, not necessarily funding these facilities, but if there's kids sleeping on floors, it gets them beds. If you have kids who do not have blankets, it gets them something besides the Mylar space blankets. But, you know, you, they sit and they piss and moan about how bad these kids are, are being treated, but then they do nothing. That's like being in a dark room, cursing it for being dark, but you won't reach your hand out and flip the light switch. That's, that's what they have been doing. They make this big show and grandstand about how, oh, we're treating these kids so bad. What if it was one of your kids? But they turn around and do nothing. Or you point out that, you know, this has been a policy for over 20 years. And you're just now getting upset about it? Well, it's because it's so much worse under Donald Trump than it ever was before. Oh, my God. You can look at the numbers from the Obama administration see that that is clearly false. So I, I I don't know what's going on with it. Hopefully the these two bills get reconciled into something that can go to the president and it gets funding to get more beds for the kids, to hire more Customs and Border Patrol personnel or Homeland Security personnel or ICE personnel, whoever works these camps, hire more people so that way they can stop pulling Customs and Border Patrol off the border where they're having to be the ones who are, you know, segregating these kids out who are having to, yes, I know, I use the word segregation. You know what I mean. It's contextual. Don't don't you look at me that, oh, my, I'm going to come over there. Mm. But, yeah, no, I'm talking to my imaginary self. It's like me on Twitter when I get into a, get into a flame war between me and the uh, podcast Twitter account. You know, I really don't have a webmaster or a social media person. It's all me. Um, But, you know, these, uh, you know, getting the funding to be able to, you know, have enough Border Patrol agents that you're not pulling them off the border to do was essentially a juvenile detention guard work. And I think if we can do that, you'll get hopefully hire people who are better trained to work with kids, better trained to be able to work in that environment, while at the same time you have the people on the border handling the masses of people coming across or helping to maintain order at those closed ports of entry where you have people who are 
throwing rocks and Molotov cocktails like what happened uh, near Tijuana earlier this year. So, again, like I said, hopefully that passes and we can actually get somewhere better than just sitting around with our thumbs firmly planted in our fourth point of contact waiting for the next big fake outrage story to occur. In the southeastern United States, there is a creature that roams the forest lands and the swamps. This is the missing link that connects Homo sapiens to its ancestors, Homo erectus. This missing link is Homo floridus, also known as Florida Man. And these are his sightings. As promised, a story where Florida Man enters into the world of politics. Headline, Florida Dem ends campaign after claims she removed 77 bullets from pulse shooting victims was challenged. Huh. Um, I was going through the story. Uh, a candidate for the Florida House ended her campaign after being challenged on her detailed and graphic claims that she treated victims of the 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting. Now, for anyone who needs a refresher, the Pulse nightclub was a gay club that was a victim of a jihadi-style terrorist attack where it was a mass shooting. And as then, my heart still goes out to the survivors and to the families of the victims of that attack. So I'll put that out there right now. Uh, candidate Elizabeth McCarthy said, quote, I personally removed 77 bullets from 32 people. It was like an assembly line. End quote. Now that's, uh, and she said that at a gun safety event earlier this year. And rule number one about politics, never claim anything that can be easily disproven, especially when it comes to your own work history. Uh, FloridaPolitics.com published a report earlier this month challenging her clients. She worked as a cardiologist at the uh, Orlando Regional Medical Center. Uh, reading from the article. Uh, the report lists the following discrepancies. Number one, the Florida Department of Health did not have a record of her being a licensed doctor. Kind of hard to be a cardiologist if you don't have a license to cardiology. Number two, the parent company of the medical center said there's no record of any doctor by that name. Whoops. Number three, another company that the candidate claimed to be working for denied she ever worked there. Number And finally... University of Central Florida officials said they couldn't find a record of the medical degree she claimed. 
Huh. Uh, reports that officials confirmed that she was a registered nurse until 2005 and that she later started a medical company that was in business through 2014. And when she come out, come out and first started making these claims, she maintained she was a doctor when asked about all the conflicting details. Quote, yes, I did work the night of the pulse, or the night of pulse, she said. It hurts me. Why would I make something make something like this up? I was an RN for 25 years. I've been in the medical field all my life. But now she is dropping out because turns out this Florida man is not so good at politicking and should do what Florida man does best and well, I'm still trying to figure out what Florida man does best other than inhabit swamps and woodlands. Because Florida man can't drive. Florida man can't do sports. Florida, there's lots of stuff Florida man cannot do. It's part of that uh, that uh, horizontal evolution where they broke, where they kind of separated from Homo sapiens, wanted to form uh, their own species. But um, you know when when she when she dropped out, uh, she wrote reportedly wrote in an email quote after thoughtful contemplation due to professional obligations I am withdrawing as a Democratic candidate seeking nomination and election in Florida House District twenty eight. End quote. She has previously appeared at events alongside U.S. Representative Darren Soto, Democrat, Florida who had touted her medical background and worked the night of the Pulse shooting. I guess uh, there were other Floridians who were convinced by her story as well. But after her resume and personal narratives were questioned, party leaders had called on her to prove her medical credentials or drop out. The leader of the Seminole County Democratic Party told New York Post there were suspicions they were suspending support, quote, until she provides transcripts, diplomas, licenses, let or letters from employers and proof of her involvement in the Pulse tragedy, end quote. Now, I am going to give a lot of credit to the Florida Democratic Party and to her county Democratic organization for actually holding her to a standard. Not just taking her at her, at her word that she was, uh, you know, an outstanding doctor and surgeon the night of the club, or night of that club shooting. You know, as opposed to persons in the Senate like Senator Danning Dick Blumenthal, who for years claimed to be a Vietnam War veteran, when he was merely a former war or a former service member who happened to be in during Vietnam but never actually went there I mean wow it's it's not even getting started on that one but yeah and the fact that when questions came up and an organization said hey we're going to look into this because it doesn't seem right and then her own party said, uh, either put up or shut up. That's 
I'm I'm absolutely blown away. And again, good job to the to the Florida Democrats for actually having integrity. Again, if I had my had my wild applause button on, you know, keyed in on this computer, I would totally be hitting it. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's ep- for this episode of Relentless Daring. Again, to all the listeners out there, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, I'm slowly taking off, uh, not so much like a rocket, but more like um, a fat, slovenly wild turkey trying to get into the treetops. But it's getting there. Um, again, if if you don't follow me on social media, uh, you can find me on Twitter, either on the on the podcast side at Daring Podcast or my personal Twitter at Real Tyler Morgan. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash relentless daring. You can, you know, post on there. You can hit me up on Messenger. Uh, I'll respond to it whenever I whenever I see it. Uh, also go on, you know, podcasts available, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, my gracious, gracious host over on podbean.com. You also find me on iHeart and on YouTube. Whenever it posts, it goes to YouTube. So you can, so you can hear me there. Um, I've also started merchandising. Uh, you can go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash relentless dash daring. It's a hyphen between relentless daring. Uh, check out, I've got, you know, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, ball caps. You know, all, you know, as you can go on there, uh, get relentless daring merch. You know, I've got, uh, Bourbon and Bad Decisions is one design. I also have my uh, also have my Truth Justice Jack Ashry shirts. Uh, so check that out, and also go to Patreon.com/slash Relentless Daring. Uh, help help support this so I can grow it and make it a better listening experience for you, the listener. And again. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay relentless. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 